The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Our story continues here on this lovely Thursday morning on the Pacific Coast. A little bit later than that everywhere. East of us, a little earlier than that west. You guys know how time zones work. You don't need me to explain that at the beginning of the podcast. This is Fantasy NBA Today uh, with a little fantasy these days blended in. Isn't that nice to have things a little bit more like how they used to be? Oh, you know it is, right? Come on. Come on. It's better this way. Betting was fun. I admit. Talking about sports betting was a lot of fun on this show. We made a bunch of money by betting pace during neutral site basketball tournaments. Um, But this is ultimately what we are. This is what we are. So it's it's good to get back to our roots. It's good to dive on back into that stuff. What, What we've been working on here on the podcast, for those that have been listening the last couple of days, is basically uh, we've been going through how teams performed this most recently completed season and what that might mean for how they attempt to play uh, going forward. And what that means for us in terms of when we actually when we actually draft fantasy players. Meaning, do we get them early? Do we get them late? Things of that nature. Um, so far, I'm trying to remember exactly where we left off. This is the type of thing, you, Dan, you're supposed to do before you actually start. You hit the record button on your podcast. Yesterday, we got through only four teams, which was a tiny bit disappointing, honestly. I thought we'd be able to get a little bit farther. Uh, working our way down from the top in the Western Conference, we got as far as the Jazz and put a pin in that thing there. So I, w- I want to get through a bunch more teams today. Although I don't know what the hell my rush is, honestly. If we're talking things through and we're sort of thinking uh, aloud about certain stuff, it actually is worth pursuing this thing as far as it'll go because this could have a lasting impact on what we do at the top of Fantasy Draft. So welcome to the show, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. Uh, I put a tweet out yesterday. I'll send it out on the podcast today. We've got some prizes to give out. They are uh, they they pertain to my bookie. So hit me up. Um, you can send me the tweet. A tweet is the best way to do it. At Dan Bespris again. Just send me a tweet that's like, Dan, you said something about prizes on the podcast, and then I'll tell you more about it there. Or you can send an email to Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com, and same thing, subject line, Dan, you said something about prizes, question mark, and we can go back and forth by email if that's easier for you. So hit me up on that. We got some goodies to give away. Uh, Hopefully, for those of you guys that have enjoyed all of our segments on sports betting, that may be applicable to your interests, relevant to your interests, as they say. Hoopball, of course, on Twitter is at hoopballtweets or at Hoopball Fantasy, and as I've promised over the last couple of days and will continue to promise going forward, I am going to hammer Hoopball Gaming down your throats. You guys must follow the dudes over at 
Hoopball Gaming is the Twitter handle. I insist they are doing incredible work. They're actually putting out two podcasts today. Devin recorded one last night that dropped this morning that kind of broke down the, today's card, a very early look. Ira and John are going to be doing a show in a couple of hours. That'll do sort of an update on everything. I, I mean, I legitimately, it boggles my mind. Those guys are just winning you money every single night with their info, with their picks. So please go follow Hoopball Gaming and listen to Today in Sports Betting. But honestly, I don't have that much time to do promo here on today's show because it's actually been a frightfully busy NBA news day. If someone was like, the Thursday after the season ends is the day when everything's going to happen, I'd been like, why? And yet, here we are. Because since we put out our last podcast about uh, 20, almost exactly 24 hours ago, because uh, we're recording this one about 45 minutes later than I recorded yesterday, we've had all sorts of news. The Clippers interviewed their own Sam Cassell for their head coaching job, not at all the biggest news of the day, but I'm going to go in chronological order. Rajon Rondo is expected to opt out and will become an unrestricted free agent. Not a surprise there, given how well he played in the postseason. If you can play that well in a playoff run, you're going to earn yourself a whole bunch of money, even if teams are fully aware that he barely tried at all during the regular season on the court, specifically defensively. He just was not at all engaged during the regular season and then just ratcheted up like crazy. During the postseason, someone out there is going to want to give him a couple more dollars, and if they don't, the Lakers will happily welcome him back with open arms. It seems like he has a lot of buddies on that team now, and guys that credit him for sort of pushing them to different levels in the postseason. Um, Anthony Davis news dropped Early this morning as well. Shams tweeting that Anthony Davis... Wait a minute. This is a two-part sentence, so wait for the whole thing. Anthony Davis is expected to opt out and then re-sign with the Lakers, which actually, if you're a Laker fan, is probably the best news you could have possibly heard because opting in for AD would have just been one year and then full-on, you know, full unrestricted free agency. And opting out and re-signing now... I'm sure there are going to be opt-outs for him, but I'd be pretty surprised if one of them came after the first year of the contract. And maybe maybe it does. I don't know. I, you know, we've all seen crazier things, and, and players pretty much get what they want at this stage when they're superstars like AD. But if you're a Laker fan, I think you have to really like this news, and, and this is why. This is the most fertile moment for the Lakers to do anything. They just won the damn championship. Everybody is on cloud nine. This is like, shoot, I don't even remember what this is like anymore. <laughs> I've, been with, I've been with my wife for a very long time. But, you know, you're going on that, that they're in a little bit of a honeymoon. Can we use, we'll use that metaphor instead because it's not like a first date. They're in a honeymoon right now. Again, this team had their first date, uh, you know, stars in their eyes kind of stuff when they all came together a little over a year ago, and now they're on a new honeymoon because this is as good as it gets. The sales pitch right now for the Lakers is as good as it gets. We just won a title. You guys are all stoked to be Lakers. Let's capitalize on this right now. The only thing that could have happened between now and a year from now 
The best case scenario is they win again, which is the exact same situation we're looking at right now. So there's no way that the situation for AD and the Lakers could have gotten better than it is in this exact moment. So this is the perfect time for him to re-sign with LA. He's happy. They're happy. Go get it done longer term. The only thing that could happen between now and a year from now is that someone could get annoyed with the other one, which hasn't happened yet. So this is great news if you're a Laker fan. Shams has been on a roll today. I don't know what the hell Woj is doing this morning, but he's he's Hoff, he's he's <laughs> he's vacationing after the season ended. Uh, a lot of Lakers news. KCP expected to opt out of his eight and a half million dollar player option for the coming season. Um. I mean, I don't know that he gets much more than $8.5 million a year because if he's not a LeBron sidekick, he's going to have a really tough time. He's not a great shot creator. He showed some nice clutch shot making in the playoffs. He's not great around the rim. He's not a dunker. Defensively, he's pretty good. Showed his stripes on defense in the playoffs, dealing with uh, largely chasing shooters around as it was his job in the postseason. So, you know, he showed himself to be probably about what he was getting paid. I think the reason that he's opted out is that he probably wants to try to tack another year or two onto his deal. And that's a smart thing to do because he knows he's probably not about to become a a significantly better player than he is right now. I mean, he might get a little better around the edges, but in terms of what he would bring to a team, this is who he is. This is what KCP is. So with that in mind... Clutch, they're sharp. They know what they're up to. Uh, Rich Paul and company, they say, look, we're going to opt out, and I'm sure he's looking for someone to give him basically that same AAV, average annual value, but over a longer stretch. Instead of one year at $8.5 million, maybe he's looking for two at $16 million, or, I mean, 17 would obviously be exactly two, but you know, if you're KCP, you probably take $7.5, $8 million a year if you're going to get three years from somebody. If someone's going to give you $21 million over three years, I think I'd probably do it even if he took three one-year contracts. He might end up clearing that number, but there is a lot to be said for locking in another $20 million contract. A lot to be said on the safety side of things. I gotta. I, I feel like I need to pause right here. There's so many days where I'm like, I got nothing at all to uh, talk about. I wish there was something happening. And today I'm like, all right, I'm all set to do four, five, six of these team uh, storyline breakdowns and what does that mean for some of their top fantasy assets and then simultaneously we get like seven pieces of NBA news that all drop on the same day but anyway that's where we're at right now uh, <clears throat> additional stuff Sham's also tweeting that the Bucks apparently are going to be making a run at Bogdan Bogdanovich I don't know financially how any of that adds up I guess something's coming off the books in Milwaukee but uh, that'll most likely force the Kings to match, I would think. Uh, the Pacers are narrowing things down in terms of their search. Dwight Howard apparently is saying that he either wants to come back to the Lakers or go to the Warriors as his next destination. And then perhaps, and I know the Anthony Davis news was pretty damn big, but I think we all expected that. So perhaps that's why it wasn't quite as earth-shaking, ground-quaking. The big one today, at least in my estimation, Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, is stepping down. Oh, yes, it's happening. The architect of ultra small ball uh, 
is resigning as GM of the Houston Rockets. Woj was the one who did break that one. Jonathan Fagan um, reporting as well. We knew he was a, you know, kind of on the hot seat just in terms of how the Rockets had stagnated at that same point. The uh, executive VP, Raphael Stone, is their next general manager. He's playing, uh, he's being promoted. He's uh, He's been with the team for some time, but there may be some big changes on the horizon for Houston. We know Maury was kind of as modern NBA goes. He is the polar extreme of how to build a, an NBA franchise. You you. You get your one guy, that, and, and then you just build around that. It's free throws, layups, and three-pointers, and literally nothing in between is acceptable. Uh, it it re- nearly ruined Chris Paul's career, taking that game away from him. And so for you know a long time now, they've been attempting to find the pieces that fit that exact mold. Russell Westbrook is far from that mold because dude can't hit a three-pointer to save his life most games. And now Maury's gone. So... You know, from from a what's set to happen in Houston's standpoint, there's the, the, the team is financially hamstrung for about the next three years because Russell Westbrook has two more years and a player option on his current contract. I mean, he's set to make about five thousand. Er, excuse me, uh, I was going to say about five hundred million dollars. He's uh, set to make. Let's see. Let's get the exact numbers. $41 million next year, 44 the year after that, and he has a player option for $47 million the year after that. James Harden, basically, almost the exact same contract. So those two guys are, are almost definitely locked up in Houston for the next three years. Eric Gordon, who signed an extension, is basically locked up for the next three years. Rob Covington is on uh, the payroll for the next two years at easily the most team-friendly deal they've got. Uh, outside of, I guess you could argue, Daniel House. Although, ew, what happened to him in the bubble? I don't know what you'd call team-friendly at this point, but he's he's getting paid only $3.7 million next year, and then P.J. Tucker is making $8 million next year, and he is next year's expiring contract. The contracts that expired this year, the six most expensive players on the team are all signed for at least one more year. The four most expensive players on the team are signed for at least two more years, and the three most expensive players on the team are signed for likely three more years. So, you know, we I get it. Daryl Morey stepping down. Uh, things haven't gone the way that he wanted. He also got the NBA in hot water with his tweets about China, and we're not going to dive down that rabbit hole probably ever on this podcast, because honestly, I don't know enough to dive down that rabbit hole. I do know that Frank Vogel, the Lakers head coach, came out and said, look, you know, we weren't by any stretch against what Maury was saying. We were just worried because we were going to China while it was happening. So I can sort of get that. Like, I wouldn't want to walk. Let's take a hypothetical that has nothing to do with the situation because I don't want anybody to say that I'm equating one thing to another. But let's hypothetically say that I was walking into a room of, uh, it could be anyone, angry people. (laughs) Walking into a room of any group of people and then someone that I'm affiliated with says something that stirs the pot in that room I probably wouldn't want to walk into that room anymore, if that makes sense. So, again, we're not going to dive down that rabbit hole. Regardless, uh, Daryl Morey is stepping down, 
And what the Rockets do from here is anybody's guess. I'm sure they'd love to move Russell Westbrook, but that's impossible. I don't think they'd like to move James Harden because he's their superstar. So they're building around him. I'm sure they'd love to move Eric Gordon at this point. Dude, dude's getting paid way more than he needs. Rob Covington is stellar. Do the Rockets now consider going back to playing a center, or are they locked into ultra small ball for multiple seasons? Like, what, what would they do at this point? Because Rob Covington is such a perfect fit to play power forward for a small ball, floor spacing, you know, passing lane defending team. He was probably their best player in the postseason outside of Harden. To me, he was a better player. He was a better positive impact guy for that team than Russell Westbrook was in the playoffs. The guy they'd like to move would be Westbrook, but who the hell is going to take on that salary? No one in their right mind. It's a horrible contract given his limitations and how teams can defend him particularly come playoff time. I mean, both of these guys have that issue. Both of their superstars have severe playoff time issues. So I really don't know what someone coming in to run the Rockets is going to do. You know, having a new head coach is probably going to change the way they run their offense a little bit. Presumably there will be more movement outside of James Harden. But again, like they're financially locked into what they have here. So they just have to try to get creative with other ways to use this stuff. Anyway, so that happened. It's been a busy damn morning. It's been a busy damn morning. We're 18 minutes into the podcast, and I haven't even gotten to the, the fantasy. Well, okay, this, some of this, a lot of this actually is going to have fantasy implications. I mean, what if the Rockets bring in a Van Gundy? What does that mean for some of these guys? Still, you know, from a will I dra- will I won't I draft these guys things. We talked about the Rockets on yesterday's uh, podcast before we knew this this news was coming down. I, I, the fact that these guys are all just there, I don't know how you change your valuations all that much. By the way, uh, once again, shout out to our buddies over at mybookie.ag. I made the unwise decision in playing their blackjack tournament of sitting. On my, I was in eighth place for a bunch of hours yesterday in the middle of the day. And then, yeah, honest to God, truth here is that I just forgot about it. Once evening time comes around here, it's a sprint. Anybody with multiple children knows. Once evening time comes around, you are just bouncing from thing to thing. It's get everybody ready, cook dinner, eat dinner, get everybody bathed, get everybody to bed. And before you know it, it's 930. And I think that tournament ended at like seven something yesterday. So I didn't have a chance to log in and see how my 8th place spot was settling, well, a bunch of people just blew past me right at the end of the tournament. So presumably people wait until the end to see you know, exactly how far up the leaderboard they need to go, and now I learned. Farther, by the way, is the answer to that question. Farther up the leaderboard. Still, still, I think it's kind of cool to look at some of this stuff and say like, Okay, so there's uh, there's another one happening today. There's another completely free blackjack tournament happening today. The prize is $1,000 split among, uh, I believe, the top... Who gets it? The top 10 is... What is that? 225, 295. Uh, I don't know how far down the leaderboard you have to go until people stop winning prizes. It seems like maybe the top 20 maybe win prizes because that doesn't add up to... 1,000, 220, 260, 95, 320, 340, 
360 something. I don't know. Something something's not fully adding up there in terms of, you know, how many prizes there are and how they're being just I, I need to do the math on that. In any event, uh this one runs for the rest of today. Uh it ends at seven o'clock Pacific time. And you know, for instance, it's first of all, it's free to join. They give you a thousand points basically to start with. And then, you know, if you can get super lucky with your free buy-in and turn that into twenty or thirty thousand points, you're probably gonna have to bet pretty big. You might actually get like forty, fifty, seventy-five, or a hundred dollars. It's probably easier to get ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five bucks. Still, to me, that's more than worth it. You get to play blackjack for free with an opportunity uh, to win actual dollars. I'm going to do it at some point today if I have time. I probably won't have time. It's an insanely busy day. Uh, but that's over at mybookie.ag. So even if you don't want to bet on sports right this second, open up an account. I don't even think you need to make a deposit to play blackjack. Maybe you do. Put in the minimum. It's like $25 if you use Bitcoin. It's $45 if you're using a credit card. Please, though, if you're signing up, use promo code HOOPBALL. Uh, when you create that account, that's so they know who sent you. And as I said earlier, hit me up if, you, uh, if you're interested. I've got, I've got some prizes to throw around on, on this type of stuff. So uh, definitely give that a look. Also, as I mentioned earlier this week, we need you guys to get a few of those lawnmowers or something else over at manscaped.com. Uh, it's review month, so this is the time where we need you guys to really dig in. This is this is where it's like, okay, how do we keep this podcast well enough funded to keep it going? This is how. We need you guys to continue to sign up for playing, uh, for accounts at MyBookie. We need you guys to get some of those goodies over at Manscaped. Use promo code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com and get your item today. Um, so much news today that it did kind of cut down on how many teams we're going to get to profile here. But you know what? It is what it is. And we've got no real rush. The draft still is in a few weeks, but uh, almost a month, I think, still from now. So fear not. We have plenty of time to kill. While we wait for the NBA to actually set the rest of their calendar, we left off at the Mavericks. 43-32 and 32 this last season. They were overachieving when Luka Doncic was healthy, and they were expectedly poor when Luka was out. No surprise there. They were oddly much better on the road than they were at home. Three and a half games better, actually, on the road than at home. They had one of the best offenses in the history of basketball, but weren't particularly strong at defending people, as evidenced by the way that some of their playoff games were gone. Like, there was no... There were no real surprises with Dallas. Someone was going to score 115 or 120 points almost every single night with this team. And I do wonder, I do wonder if that's something that does have to change going forward. Can you win while not really playing defense? I think the answer is no. I think the answer is no. Dallas, like some of the other teams we've talked about, is fairly financially strapped right now. Uh, Porzingis is on a crazy long deal that he signed uh, this last season, so we know that one's a... Tim Hardaway Jr. has a player option for almost $20 million this coming year. He'll almost definitely opt into that deal. Courtney Lee's $13 million expiring contract is the only one coming off the books of any note. J.J. Barea uh, was making $2.5 million. Michael Kidd Gilchrist was making, you know, the uh, whatever the post-waiver salary, so th- that doesn't change much. 
So the Mavericks payroll comes down by a couple of bucks, basically, because everybody else is getting raises for the most part. Like KP is getting a $2 million raise. Um, actually, Dwight Powell's salary goes down ever so slightly. That's kind of interesting. In any event, uh, maybe that has to do with the, the COVID stuff. Doesn't matter. Point is, Mavs are not going out and signing anybody big with the uh, small amounts of money they have left over. Maybe they'll they'll throw someone in that can kind of hang around near the edges. Uh, but this is a team that's that's more or less kind of are who they are. So how do they how do they improve season over season? Is it just health? Luka Doncic can certainly continue to get better. So I don't want to take that potential uh, outcome off the board. He was exceptional this year. He was better than I ever expected. And by the way, still, I I feel okay about the way that we kind of graded him out because uh, he finished at number 27 on a per-game basis, largely because... His free throw shooting is still a massive detractor. He doesn't do much on the defensive end. And his eye-popping counting stats, points, rebounds, assists, and uh, even three-pointers now, they weren't doing quite enough to counterbalance a boatload of turnovers, a free throw number that really killed you as the season went on. Uh, Field goal percent did get a lot better, but it was still a slight negative, and then not much defensively. There's just sort of too many things on the wrong side of the ledger with Luka. So there are things that can get better with him. And as you look at it, the the really obvious one is free throw percent. Because as good as he is at basketball, he should not be shooting 75% at the foul line. If you can hit three three three-pointers a game, if you can score 29-9-9, basically, and and be a walking triple-double, you need to be able to make your free throws. He has too good of a touch for it to be that poor. So while last year, and all right, this is, you know, I'm getting farther into this than I, than I intended to. We'll, we'll do a deeper breakdown on Luka Doncic once we see what everybody does during free agency. I do think there's a chance that that number gets better. So I'm not, I'm a little bit higher on him this coming season than I was this most recent one. But, I mean, you're still going to, nine or eight category leagues, you're going to have to pay through the nose for someone like Luca, and so I'm probably never going to end up with him, simply because I just refer to, to pay through the nose. He also gets dinged up. He gets dinged up. He missed 14 games uh, during the, the regular season for the Mavericks because he plays so much and so hard and is such a focal point at all times that almost inevitably he's going to miss a game here and there. But from a storyline perspective, from a storyline perspective, you know, the Mavs got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. I, to me, this is still a team that I think feels like they have more to prove. So I'm relatively high on Dallas for next year. Some question marks that hang over things. Can Kristaps Porzingis ever get healthy? I think the answer is probably not. His body might just not be built for it. He played only 57 of their 75 regular season games this year. Missed 18 of them. Got hurt in the playoffs. He's always hurt. I think he's going to have an incredible season when he's on the floor. I just, I don't know that I can trust him to miss fewer than 15 games next year. 
And so if you've got this Mavs team that guys are just missing games left and right, you got to look for some of these other interesting storylines. Like Seth Curry ended up actually being a lot better this year than I think people expected. He was number 159 on the season overall, but the story with the Mavs, as with a lot of their players, is you have to look at more of a past X number of months kind of thing. And during those stretches, he was an incredible shooter, knocked down a bunch of three-pointers, his minutes were trending up, and he was more like a top 100 kind of guy. So that's a possibility. And Tim Hardaway Jr., uh over those stretches was more of a top 100 kind of guy. And, you know, Dwight Powell, who's someone that I have been high on in the past, I don't think you can possibly draft him because whenever he comes back, there's going to be a a big learning curve. So you could probably squat on Maxi Kleba and get top 100 value out of him as well. But from a storyline standpoint, not much changes with this team. The Trailblazers. Coming in at number eight in the Western Conference, slipping into the postseason thanks to uh, their their play-in victory over the Memphis Grizzlies and lapping Memphis during a rough bubble stretch for the Grizz. The Blazers at 35 and 39 are, to me, your prototypical team with something now to prove going into next year. This is a team that far prefers their home court. At 21 and 15 at home this year, 14 and 24 on the road. 10 games under 500 on the road, 6 games over at home. 8 game difference home and road. That is huge. That is huge and it's one of the biggest home road splits in the NBA. 8 game home road split. No one's catching Philadelphia in that dubious statistic. But the Blazers, mm, are they number two? I gotta, we'll look at the Eastern Conference, but I think they're, they're certainly in the top uh, three in terms of home road splits from this last season. So if anybody's coming into next year thinking, we got to get some games at our arena, it's Portland in the Western Conference. Nuggets are up there as well, but, you know, they can defend, so they were okay on the road also. They weren't as good, but they were okay. They were five-game difference, home and road, the Nuggets were. Five and a half? Yeah, sorry, five and a half. Um, the Blazers have a healthy Yusuf Nurkic going into next year, which is, uh, dare I say, kind of a big deal for them. Um... Hassan Whiteside is off the books. They actually do have some salary cap space, which is kind of nice. Mello is off the books. I don't know if he'll be looking to come back with Portland or looking to sign uh, for more money with somebody else. Trevor Reza, his contract is not guaranteed, not fully guaranteed for next year, so there's a possibility they might let him go. It's tough to say. Lillard McCollum, those guys are signed forever. I mean, Dame is signed until the next century. But Whiteside coming off the books is actually a really big deal for Portland. This is the first time they've had almost any contractual breathing room in like four years. And, uh, you know, if they end up terminating Ariza's deal and go younger on the wing, which 
I had my druthers, they would. Rodney Hood has a $6 million player option. They have Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, Gary Trent Jr. as guys they can plug in at that three spot. They could potentially wipe another $13 million off, and, and suddenly they're looking now at a, that would be $96 million signed. And so that now is all of a sudden room for Portland to actually bring in something interesting. Probably a power forward. If you're looking at direct team need, Dame at point guard, CJ shooting guard, uh, this combination, probably Gary Trent Jr. at small forward, Nurk at center. What they're missing there is a viable power forward. So maybe they go out and they get somebody, maybe they go big, get somebody big like a Serge Ibaka to play power forward. This is a team that needs they need a power forward that can do things both near the rim and away from it, someone that can create a new opportunity on offense. But also, more than anything, this is a team that really needs to figure out how to defend somebody because they didn't guard anyone this year. But I love the Blazers next year. I love the Blazers next year. You've got Dame, who's as durable as they come, even later on here into his career. Uh, You've got McCollum, who... You know, for all of his warts, he was number 54 on a per-game basis. He played in most of their ballgames this season, missed just a couple, and was decent, 22-4-4. and His free throw number was uh, a little weird, but relatively durable there. Nurk might get overdrafted with as well as he played in the bubble. Uh, Nurk played... If you're counting the play-in game, nine bubble games all season. He went for 18, 11, and 4 with 3.4 combined defensive stats. 50 from the field, 80 at the free throw line. Uh, That's not lasting over a whole year. He's not going to be a first-round guy next season. Very curious where he's getting drafted. But that said, uh, I'm high on all three of those guys. I'm high on Gary Trent Jr. if he's their starting small forward, and I'm high on... Someone they bring in, if they're a power forward, who I'm not particularly high on, is still Zach Collins. He has yet to show me that he can actually force himself into the fantasy blend when there are three or four guys in front of him in the pecking order. He doesn't do enough things. He doesn't rebound enough if he's going to be their starting power forward to be relevant there. His shooting percentage isn't high enough because he's going to be floor spacing a little bit. Defensively, he'll get you maybe a block, but he's probably not going to be playing 35 minutes next to Yusuf Nurkic, so no thanks. But we'll see what they bring in. That's a really interesting story, but to me, that's a team that's going to come out guns blazing next year. They have continuity. They have health on their side. I think that's a team that's going to be excited to start next season as kind of an unfinished business sort of team for the first time in a long while because for many years, you guys probably remember me coming on this podcast and saying, Legit, guys, I don't know how the Blazers can make themselves care this year because they were just the same with no flexibility in their salary and the same story every year. Dame and CJ just banging their heads against a wall, but somehow Dame just kept willing them to decent records and then kind of ran out of gas this year when they didn't have Nurk. But they get him back. I think that's going to be exciting for that team getting some maybe fresh blood in there, bringing in some young guys to play. I think they're going to be excited for next year. Blazers, to me, are an easy playoff team in the West next season because the Thunder are falling out, I think. And then everybody else, there's going to be a battle at the bottom again. 
Western bottom. The Grizzlies at 34 and 39 are the next one on the list here. And I don't know, man. Um, season ended horribly for them, for Memphis. They were they were rolling and moved a couple of veterans, one of whom wasn't even playing. Andre Iguodala, remember, didn't even show up in Memphis. But it turns out, apparently, that Jay Crowder's leadership was actually kind of helpful for that team. Uh, they also started to get kind of dinged up towards the end of the regular season. Jaron Jackson Jr. was hurt. Um, that was a, that was a big one for them, obviously. So they they had to mix and match a little bit. They they made some moves to sort of get younger, stay younger, and and keep flexibility. I think the Grizzlies may have overperformed a bit this last year, but I you know that also sort of doesn't really matter for our current analysis in that it sort of doesn't matter if they if they overperformed from my vantage point. What matters is did they feel like they overperformed? And they probably felt like they underperformed because the last thing that happened to them is that they got drummed out of the bubble. So Grizzlies going into next year, they're a big question mark to me. Like You know I love JV, and... Jaron Jackson Jr. is always going to get a little bit overdrafted because he has a really neat stat set, but hasn't quite put it all together long-term. And Jaw's probably going to get a bit overdrafted, although uh, point guards, young point guards in their second year tend to be a bit safer play than rookie point guards, so there is that. Dylan Brooks, who doesn't do much besides score. And then Brandon Clark, who is a lot of fun because he actually has a much more fantasy-friendly game than a lot of the other guys. He didn't have to do much to actually be fantasy relevant, but he again now falls sort of back in line with that team. I think that's a team that's going to be playing really hard next year. I think they feel like they were this close. They're going to be making a playoff push. Guys are going to be trying to play big minutes, if at all possible. I think you can probably put a little plus mark next to Grizzlies because those guys are going to be going full bore all year, I think. Would they move someone near the break? Like, there's a big question mark. The big question mark on Memphis is, did they cut the corner on this rebuild? Like, are they already on the permanent upswing? Or was the front end of this year a bit more fluky and they're actually still mid-rebuild, but people sort of, we lost sight of that. Next year will we'll certainly tell us a bit on that front. And we're at 40 minutes, so I'm going to stop. We have so much time here. I see no reason to rush it all that much. We'll pick up at the Suns tomorrow. That's a really interesting one, and that's frankly why I didn't want to do it at the end of this show because I didn't want to rush it, and I think we're probably going to spend about uh, 5 to 10 minutes on Phoenix alone. Spurs are also, and Kings, and Pels. Really interesting storyline teams coming up for next uh next podcast and next year so that'll be a good one to take us through the weekend this is fantasy nba today good to have fantasy back again i'm dan Baspers. thanks as always for listening folks uh please do uh visit our sponsors really important month for us here october as we head into the off season to show them we are a really strong competent brand and they want to stick with us so manscape.com promo code hoopball20 mybookie.ag go go play a free blackjack tournament today promo code over there is just hoopball when you sign up uh, and expressvpn.com slash hoopball is the website if you want to go check that out. I have been. In fact, anytime I do anything on my bookie, I use ExpressVPN. 
I don't need anybody seeing what I'm betting on. See? Time all together. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter if you want to give me a follow. You probably already have. Please do drop a five-star review on the pod if you haven't done that already. And with that, I bid you all adieu. We will see you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.